Lucky, how are you, mate? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, it's good to be part of the podcast. Uh, very, very excited to have you on, my friend. It's been um, really good to be able to sort of work with you over the last couple of months or so now, I think, and just um, getting everything sort of set up with the platform and how it's all, all rolling and everything else like that. And you've, you've thrown some uh, some really tough questions my way, which is always great because it shows how in-depth and uh, how much you want to learn about the, the platform and, and the strategy side of things. Uh, but one thing we probably haven't really touched on too much is, you know, in terms of like your specific philosophy around building out a portfolio, what do you think it would be? So I believe every portfolio should start with focus on the growth and diversification. If if you look at my uh, initial phase, I focused more on growth because with the manageable cash flow, obviously, because I couldn't I couldn't go after properties that are that are high growth properties but but no cash flow. So uh, you you need growth and diversification both growth so you can re- recycle your equity and diversification to minimize minimize your you know risk and that way you have portion of your portfolio in different markets. So yeah, and when when we talk about diversification, uh, it should be uh, your portfolio should be diversified on the basis of location and strategy as well. So when I, when I say strategy, I mean some of your uh, properties might have you know buy and hold strategy, and the others maybe there is a focus more on uh, diversity. Uh, sorry, subdivision later on, or maybe a bit of a renovation. So that's how I like to diversify my my portfolio, and that's my philosophy. Yeah, I love it. And I think it, you touched on some really good points there in terms of focusing on growth first, extracting that equity, recycling that equity as deposits into future purchases and allow you to keep building the portfolio and having that cash flow and diversification start to come through as the portfolio grows. Um, the best thing about that is, especially for someone who, you know, there's people that just want to go for growth focused on every single asset. And even though fundamentally, you know, in terms of a, the best financial outcome, generally that's the best way to do it. The problem with is that, you know, if if your first growth property is negative 10 grand or negative 20 grand, and then you start buying two or three of those, all of a sudden your portfolio is negative 60 grand a year and becomes such a, a financial burden to hold on to, even though you know over the long term it's going to be the best outcome. As we start to scale and build out the portfolio, we do need to start to offset some of those negative impacts as well, have a little bit more cash flow coming through, diversify across strategies, diversify across locations, as you mentioned. Um, and allow you know the portfolio to support itself and underpin itself in different areas. Um, That's right. So I, I suppose uh, this is one question I really love asking: is if you were to go back and 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 tell you tell young Lucky uh, some some tips around sort of building out a portfolio, what would you go back and tell yourself if you could? Yeah. So uh, I think um, it's very important to build your uh, A team when you're starting out. Uh, when I say A team, you need to have a, a very good broker on your side. At the same time, you need to have an investment savvy accountant. And if you are new to property and you never really done any research on the property and you don't know how to do it, then a bias agent is equally important. So yeah, building your team is very important early on. And, um, uh, and, and I think second thing is also understanding your cash flow. Uh, in my case, I, I I I understood the high level cash flow, but I didn't really dig down into into like a cash flow properly. And uh, now these days, I, I use a lot of you know um, tools. For example, a game plan, and and I also have spreadsheets and and, and plenty of spreadsheets that I use 
for myself and for my clients as well, because it's, it's a very important because especially uh, especially now when the interest rate is really high and your property can be easily be negative by six to 10 grand. And even though it, it feels like, it looks like property on the surface level is not going to be, for example, let's say we're talking about $500 property, renting at 550. Uh, on the surface level, it, look, it looks like a good cash flow, but it's still gonna be negative by uh, five to $10,000 depending on your deposit. So yeah, I think building your team and managing your cash flow is very important. Yeah, you made a really good point there. It's funny. Um, so often I hear the phrase investment savvy mortgage broker uh, used in our space. And I think it's so important to have a broker if you're building out a portfolio to be investment savvy and understand the inner workings of extracting equity and you know refinancing and cash flows and everything else like that. Because again, it's a game of finance, really. It's not a, it's not a game of property. Um, but you, you said an investment savvy account. And I think Again, that's something that's so underlooked. Uh, I think it's so easy for everyone to go, oh, you know, accountant does the same job. You know, it's Mr. Taxman, he figures out the best outcome in terms of tax time. But when it comes to building out a portfolio, there's many different structures you can purchase under. There's many ways that you can um, alter your cash flows, put them under different entities, um, have those entities financing themselves. Uh, so I think having an investment savvy account is super critical uh, along with of course, the rest of the A team that's in there as well. Um, so I guess on your, on your journey, you've you've built out a, a portfolio yourself. Is there anything sort of particular that you would change about your portfolio or have you already changed about your portfolio that you knew was a mistake um, and, and you wish you didn't make it? Yeah, I, I think when I started building my portfolio, I bought my first property in 2015 and that settled in 16. And I bought two more properties in the same year. And I think that was um, kind of a mistake because I bought too many properties too quickly. And then uh, I didn't really understand the cash flow because I didn't have the chance. I just bought uh, all, all, all the properties all together. And that was one of the things that I think I should have worked on. But I had my own, you know, uh, on thinking behind because I thought because I was working two jobs at the time and I didn't want to continue with the two jobs so I thought I just gonna buy as many properties as possible while I'm working two jobs so that, and that way I can quit one but I think uh, that was kind of a mistake and I'm, I'm really careful with, uh, uh, with uh, I'm really careful when now clients come to me and they want to buy multiple properties uh, within short span of time and I, I make sure I work on that. And I think that was one of the mistakes. Uh, and the second one, the structuring. So that's why that's the reason why I mentioned that investment savvy accountant. Because if you have a good accountant, they can um, they can give you ideas like how you can maximize your borrowing power later on and how you can um, maybe uh, minimize your risks. So there are options like uh, maybe setting up trust structures or maybe company structures, whatever is suitable to uh, any anyone's you know personal circumstances. But yeah, there are many things that we can do to um, to to protect ourselves. So I didn't set up any 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 structures. I just bought first few properties on my personal name, and that's the thing. Probably I could I could uh, do better. Everything else, I think uh, I couldn't have changed anything else. I I, I focused on growth properties in the, uh, on, on early on and with a, with a good cash flow. I think I, I did a great great job there. I didn't get distracted by Sprukus offering off the plan, you know, 
departments uh, are, uh, you know, um, coming up with all those, you know, benefits like depreciation and all those stuff. So I, I was, I think I did a pretty good job there. And yeah, nothing much I would like to change, but um, these few things. No, that's great. I think you've touched on some good points at the end there in terms of other mistakes that or common mistakes that most people make. But I think um, for the listeners who are tuning into this and haven't bought their first property yet and might be in that same position where you just want to get into as many as you possibly can, Lucky made a really, really good point. Um, as soon as you get that property bug, you just have this rush that you want to get into as many properties as you can. Lucky just mentioned that he went through it. I went through it with my portfolio as well. I just had this bug and this hunger deep down to continue to buy properties. But at the end of the day, we're all kind of limited by our borrowing capacity and we can only ever borrow so much. And obviously if our income increases, that will change. But what that really means is because we're all limited, what we really want to do is just buy the best possible assets that we can with the money that we've got. And sometimes that means that, yes, we do have to get into the first one, might be a bit of a stepping stone property. And then it's not about, well, how quickly do can we rush and accumulate and, and build these things? Let's get comfortable with property number one, maybe let some equity generate, maybe do a renovation and generate, manufacture some equity, monitor our cash flow levels, make sure we're comfortable with paying that down. And then it's okay if it takes six to 12 to 18 to two years to get into property number two. As long as we're just making sure that these assets are... Um, a grade assets because they're not just going to be in your property for your portfolio for one or two years. They're actually going to be in your portfolio for three decades or longer. And so yeah. it really comes down to the the quality of the property rather than just getting into three properties for the sake of doing so. Um, and it's very rare for, you know, someone in our industry to actually say, let's, let's stop and just have a look and reassess and make sure we're good. And then, you know, see where we're at, where we can potentially go again. So I think that's so, so highly valuable. And I think that's probably why, you, you've gone through those things, you've gone through those learnings and now you've realized that you actually want to turn this into a bit of a career. And so what was that moment for you where you've gone, I've learned from my mistakes. Uh, maybe there's some other people asking about property or something like that. And then you've got, okay, well, how do I turn this into my passion, into a business and help other people on their portfolio journey as well? What, what did that story look like for you? Yeah, so uh, it started with, uh, because I wanted to expand my portfolio further. So I, I built a portfolio around four to five million uh, working on uh, in a retail job. And I knew if I want to expand my portfolio further, I have to increase my income some way. And I was always looking for different you know, avenues, different um, businesses. I started multiple businesses. Like I, I worked, uh, I started e-commerce commerce business and uh, import and export. And then, um, then, uh, uh, then I thought if I need to build my portfolio to 10 million, which is my, my goal at the moment. So I want to build my portfolio, take my portfolio from 5 million to 10 million within a reasonable time, like, a, like five to 10 years from now, uh, while keeping the LBR around 50%. So, so that was my goal. So I thought I have to do something about it. And then I was looking for options and then I, I thought about it, what I'm good at, and then I, um, my friends and family suggested me to maybe look into being a bias agent because I, prior to this, I, I actually helped quite a few friends and family. I, I actually, that's the second reason why I joined because I, I spent a lot of time helping my friends, families, and colleagues going on inspections, 
and uh, sometime uh, spending four or five hours working for free. So I thought it would be a good chance for me to maybe monetize this and expand my portfolio at the same time. So that was a couple of reasons why I, I thought I would probably uh, give it a go. That's great. And I, no, I normally see that the transition happen like that where, you know, it is generally sort of you, you work on your own, you, you get yourself in a certain position and then other people sort of see that and go, well, how do you help us get, get to that side of things? And you start doing it for friends and family. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, there's actually a career out there. And I know it's not as well known in Australia, but, you know, buyers agency is definitely now starting to become something a lot more dominant. And so um, it's a really good fit for those people who have that passion about investing in property and building out their own portfolios because we can start to go out and do it for other people as well. Uh, now, as I always say, there's, there's a thousand and one of them out there, but if you had uh, a favorite property one-liner, what is it? Yeah, so I, I do read a lot of a lot of property books. And uh, when I started, I actually got my citizenship in 2013 and I bought my first property in 16. So there was three years, three years gap when I was researching property market, studying and reading book, uh, as many as books as possible. One of the books uh, that I read in, uh, early on was Zero to 130 Properties um, by Steve McKnight. And that was one of the books. So I, I always reading books and or something like that. So yeah, I don't know where I got this line from. So uh, if uh, it, it goes like this. So if you buy the right property in the right market at the right price, you will generally do well out of that. So it doesn't really matter if you uh, buy a $5,000 under market value property or you overpay $5,000 in the long run. So that's, that's, that's um, I mean, if you go 10 years back, any property that you buy, it doesn't matter if you buy buy under market or, or market you, you generally do well so that's why if you buy the right property in the right market at the right price you will do well yeah that's great that's I, I think line. it's correct and and it's, it's one of those things that commonly goes around you know a lot of people talk about buying under market value or getting a discount on the property and truth be told is you know a, a great property is never going to go for a discount because there should always be demand for it and so as long as you're buying in the right market, buying the right property and buying at the, at the right price. Now that means you're not paying, you know, significantly over. And in some cases it's okay to pay a little bit over to get the right property, to secure the right property. Um, you know, you, you tend to do well and, and people have done well over the last 30 years, you know, the Australian average growth rate in, in the property market is 6.8%. And so, you know, that means that there's properties that have performed or half the properties have performed under that and half the properties are performed above that. And, you know, if we if we just pick the right property in the right market at the right price, uh, hopefully we're above that. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been it's been a good 30-year journey and, and we've seen that in the property market. So um, it's a great one-liner, mate. I absolutely love it. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a real pleasure talking today, Lucky. So uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Same here, mate. Thank you for giving me the chance to talk to your audience. No worries. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll chat to you soon. Thank you. Bye.